It's Monday night. Welcome to the United Pubcast. Manchester United 4-2. Manchester United concede in the second half and manage to win the football match. Tom, did you ever think you'd hear those words again? Don't know about hearing those words again, but I was just happy we definitely won two games of football. We obviously won the first half and then um, started again early in the second half and won it again. So beating Leeds three times in a season in two games, um, very happy. And look, I'm not one for stats. Like you know that, but I'll just start with this stat for you to start off on the right note. That Leeds waited what best part of what seventeen, best part of two decades. Let's say two dec two decades. That sounds better to come back and play Manchester United, and they conceded fifteen goals in those four games. Yep, that's uh, that's Leeds for you. But you know we always enjoy beating Leeds. Uh, now I will come into the comments, so make sure if you do like that Manchester United win four two against Leeds United, hit that like button. And if you don't like it, then seriously, there's something wrong with you. I think you're supporting the wrong club. But there is going to be a lot to dissect here, and I will bring it to you guys in the comments. Got Josh here. Evening, lads. Superb win to set up the day nicely. Happy Monday. Well, Tom had a great day. Couldn't even get the train into work. Uh, glory, glory, Man United, says Emad, 100% there, mate. Uh, we've also got uh, Mike. Evening, mate. Uh, we've got Matt. G'day, mate. Uh, got Rob in the comments, as always, from It's a Football Thing. Uh, I'm still buzzing, lads. Game had it all. Really took me back up the Reds. i got to say, Tom, that was typical Barclays. That was, if there was a Barclays Premier League, I had the old theme music playing in my head. That football match was everything you wanted. All that was missing was just a little bit of mud. Look, in a little bit, I'm sure when we sort of go further into the episode, we're going to dissect individual performances and, okay, what was this tactic or did this player play well and what does that mean for the next game or the future? I, and I'm going to get into that, obviously, but I'm going to try not to, Larry. I'm going to try not to discuss the really, really football aspect of this because it wasn't a football match. That wasn't a match that we're going to see on Wednesday against Atletico Madrid or next week against Watford. It was an old-school battle on a shocking pitch, shocking conditions. People forget not just the rain, the rain and the puddles and stuff like that, the hostile atmosphere, but the wind. Wind makes football near impossible at that level. So for me, it wasn't a football match. It was sheer, It was a dogfight. And look, I'm sure we will get into sort of dissecting individual performances. But um, for me, I just want to enjoy it for what it was because for so long, we've questioned these players. We've questioned their attitude. We've questioned their mentality. We've questioned the desire for the shirt. Now, ultimately, long-term, it's not good enough just to win it one game against Leeds. They need to do it consistently. But what we saw today... It's all I can ask for. Stuff the football. I just wanted to see lads in red shirts kick the shit out of the lads in the white shirts. And I got that for 90 minutes today. Look, we'll, we'll get into Scott McTominay during this video. Uh, but if there's anything I can say about him, bloody passionate bastard. He kicked the hell out of Leeds. He was a walking red card waiting to happen. Uh, but it was the sort of game where if that was going to happen, it absolutely was the one. Can I say, Tom, you remind me of for sure Leeds. Got the same head. Is he a long-lost cousin, relative of some sort? Well, I wouldn't be able to do a, um, a worse job in dealing with Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba ran over the top of him that first half. So, um, yeah, <laughs> maybe the same player. Indeed. Uh, got Ryan in the comments. Big win. Love to get hopes of leads up and then bring them back down to earth hard. Uh, hoping there's a lot of love for Maguire, Fred, and Wambasaka as well. All three had good games. Not sure I agree with all of your comments there, Ryan, uh, but we will keep it positive. We did win a football match after all. Got George in the comments. Evening, boys. Evening, mate. Uh, pretty much a game we had it all. Uh, goals, rain, Sancho showing his class. Absolutely, mate. Um, Matt showing some love for your jersey, by the way, Tom. 
Uh, got Josh again. All that was missing was a one matter goal. Bye bye Christmas tree, mate. That's it. I said, my mom asked me the other day. She's like, why is the tree still up? I said, well, one matter hasn't scored. She doesn't know who one matter is. Uh, so it was all a little bit confusing, but uh, nonetheless, I, I am a man of my word. Uh, Sancho for captain says Matt. Well, it's possible. Uh, everyone wants someone there except Maguire, it seems. Uh, and finally, uh, Emad says at least the decorations are down. Absolutely. Look, boys, I'm not reckless. I've made some progress, but the tree, the tree stays up till one matter scores. Tom, there's a lot to dissect in this football match. I will firstly start with the 11. Uh, like Ryan mentioned there, Aaron Wambasaka gets to start. Um, Victor Lindelof uh, and Harry Maguire are the preferred partnership for this football match. Uh, and then we saw that the starting three, obviously, Jesse Lingard came in uh, to many people's surprise. W what did you make of the starting 11 uh, and any surprises there for you? Marcus Rashford didn't come on. That's another important factor. Yeah, well, we, yeah, I haven't even thought of that name today. Weirdly, usually Marcus Rashford such a sort of relevant sort of part of any sort of post-match review or preview we do, but yeah, almost what he did play for Manchester United, I'm sure we'll discuss him to, um, next day in terms of the Atletico Madrid preview. But on that start in 11, yeah. Varane and, oh, sorry, Lindelof and Maguire. It's a weird one with the Varane situation in terms of how sick he was. Does Ralph Rangit want to change too many players at the back four, especially with bringing in a new right back or a fresh right back for this game? He's obviously got Atletico Madrid in mind, so you don't know how much is preferred partnership or how much is rotation and looking forward to the week. But then you look, he's played very strong up front in regards to Sancho, Ronaldo, Bruno and Pogba. So I don't know what to make of that um uh, selection of, of Maguire and Victor Lindelof. Insane that Maguire and Lindelof, I thought, did very well. Maybe Lindelof sort of shaded the performance out of the two, but ultimately Maguire got a goal, which I'm sure we'll get into. Set piece kings now, it seems, with Man United. But um, the other one with Jesse Lingard, I, I kind of Lingard wouldn't have been the player that I, I picked there, but I did. Like, I understood the idea. Um, maybe Lind again, I'll go back to the last couple of weeks. I've been a little bit disappointed with Jesse Lingard and his performance wasn't great. But again, I'm not going to read too much into performances in this game because, as I say, it was the furthest thing from a sort of top-level football match. But he came on and he, sort of, he did a shift. That's where a game, I would not say in a one matter, but that different type of winger. Okay, you got the attacking outlet on the left-hand side with Jadon Sancho, but sometimes I've sort of lacked a little bit of balance. So maybe that is the thinking if, if it's not going to be a one matter. Maybe it is a Jesse Lingard, someone like that. But ultimately, I think with Aaron Wan-Bissaka on the right-hand side, you sort of did limit your sort of options on the right-hand side. So, But ultimately, he gets it right because while it was a dramatic game and there wasn't much football played and there was drama, we deserve to win. We're, yeah. clear, we're clearly the better team. So ultimately, Ralph Frank has got it right, both in-game management and obviously before the game because we did take a 2-0 lead in the half-time. And if it's not for that freakish cross... I don't even want to mention Day. It's it's not De Gea's fault, in my opinion. It's a freakish goal. Right. If that goal doesn't go in, and that goal only goes in because it's Leeds. If that's Everton at home last week or whatever, that doesn't go in. But you just knew as soon as that goal went in, it was going to cause chaos. Ultimately, they scored about 20 seconds later. It was a weird thing. Like When the goal went in, you knew they were going to score again. Now, you didn't know they were going to score within 20 seconds. You thought that goal was maybe going to come a little bit later. But ultimately, in regards to the team selection, which is sort of mentioned, Ralph Rangie got it, got it sort of bang on. You have to give him credit for it. Yeah. Cut, cut. <clears throat> I did call, I did call, um, and not, it was, it was an idea. It wasn't saying I'm guaranteeing he's going to start, but uh, you did sort of scoff at the, the idea of Aaron Wan-Bissaka coming in for this one. Now, whatever we're going to make of his performance, if you want to give your opinion on it, I don't think it's, I thought he was very good. I don't think it's enough to keep his spot. I think Diego Delo comes back in. I think it was just a case of squad rotation, needing a defensive type player in this game. But um, that was probably the big shout for me, Wan-Bissaka coming in. 
Mm, interesting. Oh, we've got the football tragics. Anyone's heart still going 100 kilometers per hour? Haha. <laughs> Look, mate, if your heart's going 100 kilometers per hour, uh, can I just recommend going to your local medical facility? It's quite concerning. So uh, get that checked out. Uh, Tom, on Iron Wambasaka, I got to agree with you. I thought it was quite good. And I've been watching some YouTube channels who cover Manchester United. And there seems to be this narrative that he performed poorly. I don't know what football game they were watching. Uh, if I'm being honest, I, he didn't get forward too much, but I didn't think it was the type of game for him to get forward. Uh, and I saw Rob's comment here, uh, considering how how little he's played, he hasn't. He looked quite good. Um, I, I think, and I said this to you offline. I personally lean towards the Englishman, and the reason I say that is because I think when Delo first came in, I said, "Look, he's clearly much better on the ball. You can see what he does effectively." And perhaps against a side that sits in a low block, I would still lean that way. Uh, in saying that, you, you look at the solidity that Wambasaka adds defensively, and I just think Diogo Delo is just a level behind. You know, if you could put, if you could merge them into one, it'd be a good right back there. But unfortunately, I think they just both lack, and you just have to ultimately choose: do you want to be better on the ball, or do you want to be, I guess, exposed defensively to an extent? I think it was a game for Wambasaka to come into. Now, obviously, sort of roughing, he couldn't have predicted the, the conditions that was, he was going to face. And obviously, it was Aaron Wambasaka's dream in terms of a wet pitch where he can go slide tackling in for days. So, but in terms of that, as I called before the game, there'll be a lot of sort of defensive transition in terms of when we turn the ball over and a lot of one on one defending, which is Aaron Wambasaka's strength. On the ball, he's one of those ones where he looks a lot worse than Diego Delo. However, if you do look at the stats, um, it could suggest that he's, I wouldn't say better on the ball, but maybe a little bit more productive in certain areas, but ultimately I think Diego Delo makes us a better team and Diego Delo in this system is going to be Ralph Frank's first choice and I think both fullbacks change um, before the Atletico Madrid game, but I think it was a case of one, just what you want, okay? Aaron Wan-Bissaka has been performing sort of subpar for the past sort of maybe 12 months and we saw this with Luke Shaw when Alex Tellez came in, gave him a kick up the backside. It sort of provoked Luke Shaw into some good performances. Now we've got a bit of competition on the right-hand side. Delo now goes, hang on, hold my right back competitors just put in a good performance when i perform against madrid on wednesday i'm gonna to have to make sure i'm at my best otherwise um the manager will have no hesitation putting the other guy in so it's a good problem to have but i didn't see anything that says one bissaka starts again against madrid for me got man in the comments here seen a stat that said it took lead 17 years to get back to the english premier league and concede 15 goals in four matches mate that's they're the victims of their system and this is the criticism we've had of bielsa He's tactically intelligent, but what you're seeing from him is an utter stubbornness to accept he doesn't have the caliber of player for him to execute the game plan that he wants. Uh, he, he would really benefit from sitting in a low block because as we've seen, as Manchester United fans, we really struggle against that and, and breaking a low block down. But nonetheless, may Leeds continue to do lead things and get relegated. Um, Tom, on, on, like you mentioned, that the first goal by Leeds in the second half. Very much a fluke. I'm not going to really be too critical there. The second goal, however, um, can I say, I thought Dan James had a pretty good game against Manchester United. It was Dan James. I'm obviously not. It was probably the one, like I said, a little bit of a different selection with Jesse Lingard on the right-hand side. Probably would have been the one if Dan James, you'd probably pick Dan James over a Rashford or a, a Mason Greenwood if he was available sort of thing. So it was the game suited for Dan James like it was when he's wearing a red shirt. Yeah, absolutely. 
the second goal. Uh, what was Luke Shaw doing? Scratching his ass, thinking about Maccas after the game. What was happening there? You have to admit, like, this isn't even an over-the-top reaction. That's awful defending. His awareness is just non-existent. Now, is that a professionalism thing? Is that just a flaw in his game? What do you put that down to? Look, ultimately, because it happens consistently, it's a flaw in his game. I think it's something, and sometimes happens on the other side with Wan-Bissaka. Sometimes he gets caught out on the back post. It's one of those ones, look, I think Luke Shaw is at fault for it in terms of his, well, he is at fault for it in regards to his positioning. But it's, again, if that's Manchester United and that's Jadon Sancho rolling the ball across the box and Ronaldo taps into the far post. We're not talking about the opposition left back. We're talking about a good cross and a good run. Sometimes wingers get in behind the fullback there. Now, ultimately, in our own backyard, we do have to look at Luke Shaw and he needs to do better. Ultimately, though, I think it's a catalogue of errors. One Bissaka, I think it's a shocking ball in for Bruno Fernandes. In t- the type of game that, it's it, that it is, don't be playing Bruno Fernandes in there. When you can see he's going to be pressed, I thought that was a hospital ball. And now, ultimately, Bruno has to do better. He, he has to know he doesn't have time to take a touch in there. Ultimately, it's not a foul. When I went to VAR, I've got no issue with the goal being allowed. However, because there were 795 other tackles like that, they were blown up for fouls. I think it maybe should have been. But can have no complaints. It wasn't a foul for me. But I think everyone's at fault for that goal. I thought the ball from Wambasaka Hospital, Bruno needs to be aware. Ultimately, not done any favours. And then, as you say, Luke Shaw on the back stick. Um, as you say, but in terms of that, 2-2, there was only one winner at 2-2, you'd, you'd think, in terms of the way the crowd was up for it. But ultimately, we do question these players when they get into this situation. Um, they proved a few of us wrong here, I think. Yeah, the Leeds faithful had all six fingers in the air on each hand, wagging strongly. Uh, i got to ask you, on Bruno Fernandes, Tom, you, you, play, you played midfield. Growing up, what are you taught when you're in your own half receiving the ball? He's got to be side on there. Well, no, 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 that, no that, that's why... That's why I blame Juan Bissaka because the ball's not on to Bruno Fernandez. Juan Bissaka's facing Bruno, and now it happens very quick. I understand watching on the TV, I can see everything that's happening. Juan Bissaka might be, his vision might be blocked, and it's a split second thing. I understand it's a thousand times quicker at pitch level, but Juan Bissaka should be able to see Bruno, and he should be able to see, I think it might be for sure, might um, sort of starting to close Bruno Fernandez down. And just to ping a ball into him when he's square on with you, I just thought, stupid ball. So, look, Bruno is at fault maybe because he's the one who loses the ball, but ultimately I can't I can't really point the finger too much at him. Mm. I do enjoy his theatrics. He definitely gives it a good hot crack. Well, he wants Bruno, Bruno today, look, we'll get into, and I'm sure we'll get into 3 2 ones. Just your opinion on Bruno, just the performance on a whole, because I could understand maybe people watching a bit, maybe a little bit sort of just frustrated with a general Bruno performance. However, for me, I was, I don't know if the word's proud, yeah, sort of proud of him. I, I thought it was... It was unbelievable in terms of, again, forget about football. It wasn't a football match. It was a fight. And the, the desire, the, the win-at-all-cost attitude he has, I think it was the Fred goal. I think he goes back and wins the ball off. I think that maybe the lead's left back. and makes a little five-yard sprint, goes, wins a tackle, then has his open space in front of you. And there's nothing worse for a midfielder on a heavy pitch to have this space to run into with the ball when you're not a ball carrier, where Bruno's obviously prefers to pass the ball, but he has this space to dribble into. He drives into it on a heavy pitch. His legs must be cramping. He knows when he hits the pass into Ronaldo, it's going to be too sort of soft because the pitch is going to hold up. So he has to put that little bit extra on it to get it into Ronaldo, who I then think thinks, uh, who I think sort of feeds Fred and he goes across to Sancho. But ultimately that effort from Bruno Fernandes, just in that one incident, which sort of springs to mind, but ultimately gets a goal. Um, did he get an assist or two as well? So... Although Bruno Fernandes, in regards to, okay, yes, good quality footballer, but what we need at Manchester United is people with that attitude. I thought his effort levels today, which have never been in doubt, but especially today, they were highlighted for me. He was fantastic. No disagreement there. 
Uh, and keen to see three two ones and where we land there. Um, can we talk about Jaden Sancho? This guy was really struggling at the start of the season, but you and I both said when he was signed, uh, fans need to probably temper temper their expectations uh, of the Englishman. But boy, oh boy, that 70-odd million pounds spent on him looks like a bargain at the moment, doesn't it? He's gotten two assists today. That adds to his four goals that he's already secured this season. And he, he he's, he's undoubtedly United's form player. He's absolutely dominating. He's confident when he gets on the ball. He looks fast. He's looking sharp. Do you put that down to anything in particular, or do you just think it's a matter of settling in, adjusting to the pace of the Premier League? Yeah, it's just taking time. It probably wasn't the game for him. Now, maybe stylistically in terms of how open leads are, okay, it was probably on a good pitch, going to suit Jaden Sancho. But in terms of the way the game pay, played out, it probably what didn't suit Jaden Sancho. But to be able to form to that ability in that sort of environment was unbelievable effort from him. So, But I think ultimately in terms of the bigger picture, just as comes down to settling in. Um, we almost think of Jaden Sancho. I think a lot of times we forget we paid big money for him, I think, because he's a young English player. We think he's in the mold of a Mason Greenwood or a Marcus Rashford or a Scott McTominay. just someone who's come through the youth system. Um, I know it's obviously a big money signing, but he almost sort of forgets about that because maybe he didn't play too much at the start of the season. There's been other players in the news. But ultimately, he's been good since he arrived. It was a slow start, but his worst performances came at the start. Since then, every not every game, there might be a game or two where he sort of dips in form, but ultimately, there's been a steady progression since he came in. And I think he's been good all the way through, but now he's, as you say, so important. He's, he's performing at a world-class level and ultimately at the right time because he has now proven himself in the Premier League, but where he has really proven himself is in the Champions League and European football. And we've got a big European match on the, um, this week, so nothing but credit for Jadon Sancho. Stop it. Teasing us, getting us all optimistic and in the fields. Come on, mate. You know better than to do that. Uh, we'll bring it back to the comments. Uh, make sure to like the video because, as you can see, we are upbeat. We're happy. We're bringing it to you on a Monday night. So make sure you are hitting that like button. Uh, Ryan Baller, that Bruno Burkamp's turn and roll to feed Alanga for the last goal was just a sight to behold. Man, that that the the creation of that assist by Bruno, absolute class. Emad on a bit of an inside joke here. Bruno got two assists. Emad. Uh, Joshua, uh, complete Bruno performance with the goal and assist and the dive and the mishandled uh, mishandled possession. But that's Bruno Fernandez for you. Don't want him any other way. Uh, Rob, uh, Sancho really starting to shine. I've backed him all the way. No, you haven't. I've got screenshots of you cursing him. Don't lie to me, Rob. Uh, Sancho is getting better. First ball when others are running in front of him. Needs to improve a bit. Um, I think you're being a bit harsh there, George. At the end of the day, he is playing in the final third. If he has 100% accuracy, then that means he's playing back passes. Uh, so I think let's cut Sancho a little bit of slack. Uh, Tom, let's move things along. Um, Paul Pogba, he's obviously off contract. We expect him to go. Can we just talk about his first half performance in particular? Unplayable. He, Like you said, absolutely floored your cousin and Booper for sure. Um, but he's just, everything he does at the moment is just oozing class. He's showing his physicality, his technicality. Again, brilliant. He just he just looks like someone who's in control and enjoying his football at the moment. Yeah, it's a weird one. It's one of those ones where you don't know where to feel. Is it, are you enjoying it and you're excited and you're... Yeah, just simply enjoying the good football and the results that it's going to bring. 
or ultimately is it a shame and is it disappointing that we haven't got this consistently? And ultimately on top of that, that it's a shame that he's going to be leaving in a few weeks' time or a few months' time. So it's one of those ones, maybe just enjoy it for what it is. Um, it's disappointing that we're going to lose him. It very much looks like we are going to lose him now. Now, it's, again, in a week's time, I won't be saying that's the right decision. At the moment, after these good performances, in my mind, that sort of sticks out as a negative that he's going to leave. But ultimately, if we lose a couple of games and he starts speaking or Rayola starts speaking, I'll be saying it's the right decision to get rid of him. So let's just hope he sticks... Oh, look, at the end of the day, the name on the front of the shirt is far more important than the one on the back. And let's hope that he helps the red shirt at the moment so to go forward for the remainder of the season and get us in the top four. And can we dream a little bit more in regards to the Champions League and let's cross that Paul Pogba hurdle in the summer because ultimately there's nothing we can do about it now. We can just look at the performances and hope the performances help the team on the pitch. That's all we can do. Can I ask you about Ronaldo? Uh, I know we, you and I had a bit of a conversation this afternoon. Um, d- does his recent form concern you at all? Do you think he's not getting the service? What is it with Ronaldo? Is he being overplayed? I think there's absolutely an element of that. We're, we're being strongly reliant on a 37-year-old and as brilliant and as inhumane as he is in an in absolutely positive way, he is 37 years of age. So, Well, he's not being given any help by his teammates. Cavani shows up for work when he wants. Rashford, unfortunately, isn't showing the form. Mason Greenwood, for whatever, well, we know the reasons, isn't available. So, yes, he's maybe been overused at times, and that's you only can only give um, Cristiano Ronaldo credit for that. That comes on the manager and other players to sort of make Ronaldo's job easier. In regards to – it's one of those ones – his form, I don't think, has changed from day one this season. From his first before – maybe Newcastle, he sort of did have a bit of a spring in his step. But ultimately, from his first games this season to now, I've seen nothing different in his performance. It's about goals, and it always has been about Ronaldo. So – and it's – as I said at the start of the podcast, I don't want to sort of make judgments on, on in regards to football after this game. It, I know it sounds silly and sounds stupid. For me, it wasn't a football match. I can't read anything into it. It was just an absolute dogfight. And the link-up play at times was fine. He maybe did look a little bit flat in front of goal. But ultimately against Atletico Madrid, if he doesn't look flat in front of goal and put, puts a goal in, we're thinking that's exactly what we got him for. So, look, it's one of those ones. We said this when he signed for Manchester United. We said, ultimately... Could there have been a better signing football-wise? Yeah, maybe. But ultimately, there wasn't one out there, and we did this We did this deal for whatever reason, and I'm just going to enjoy it for what it is. As I said, Cavani's not helping him. Rashford's not helping him. Greenwood's not helping him. He's up there doing a job. He's our top goal scorer. Um, I think he's sort of helping things off the pitch. A lot of people are talking about interviews and leadership and leaks and whatever around the dressing room. I think ultimately he's becoming a positive influence. Maybe not now. Maybe it's sort of hurting a few people or upsetting a few people, but ultimately it's going to help down the track which I think is an important part of his signing. But ultimately, he's the man United strike at the moment and needs a couple of goals. Now, ultimately, it doesn't matter today or the last couple of games because we're winning, so it doesn't really matter. But ultimately, he does need to score goals just to, for his own confidence. That will improve his performance. But today, he was poor. Um, well, not poor. He, he just he was non-existent. Um, the lead, who was the lead striker? I couldn't tell you. Oh, the lead striker was non-existent. As I said, it was a dogfight in the middle of the park. So I'm not going to read anything into Ronaldo's finisher over the hill or he shouldn't be playing. Because at the moment, Cavani's not going to be playing, so I'm playing Ronaldo. Valid. Uh, Manchester United do sit three points clear. Sorry, four points clear in fourth. Though it should be said, uh, Arsenal, obviously, three games in hand. Wolves, two games in hand. Tottenham, three games in hand. Um, give me how, how you're feeling with top four at the moment. Obviously, starting this week, we enter our most difficult fixture list. Um, how, how are you feeling in the race for fourth at the moment? 
No, look, not confident. But in saying that, if I was to pick two clubs to have um, games in hand on us, it would be Arsenal and Spurs. You can see a situation where they throw that. I know Spurs got the win against City. I think they got Leeds next. You can very much see Leeds getting a result against Tottenham. So, look, but ultimately you do have to look at Tottenham as the potential favourites to get in there. But if you've got the table in front of us, can you look ahead, ahead to Chelsea? How many points would be behind Chelsea? Uh, they've played a game less than us and they're four points clear. Okay, so look, you still may, maybe need to Chelsea to sort of maybe drop a couple, of, drop a game or two before we start looking ahead. But I think that's where we maybe should be looking. Okay, maybe sort of there because Tottenham, we can't do anything about their games in hands. We have to wait till they're being played. But um, ultimately, not too confident in, because of those games in hand. But you do see them, and Arsenal and Tottenham. If there are clubs that can throw it away, it is them. But ultimately, another club you can throw into that category of throwing it away is potentially Manchester United. So that's why it maybe don't doesn't fill me with confidence, but. It is what it is at the moment. I think it's, we'll have a far clearer picture um, come the end of March. But in saying that, you can very well see a situation where it's going to go to the final day. Yeah, I mean, you look at the league fixtures. So we've got Atletico Madrid, obviously, next. Uh, so that would be Thursday morning, our time, Wednesday night, uh, English time. Uh, you've got Watford at home, absolute must win uh, for us. Uh, Man City away, look, if United s- somehow can... Manage a draw. I think that's a really positive result, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm, happy to, think, I'm, I'm happy to throw that to let City sort of extend their gap at the top. Um, them losing to Tottenham doesn't please me with Liverpool winning. Yeah, but... So, I mean, if you look <laughs> at United's I, don't, I, don't home, I think it, it, I think ultimately it will still be in United's hands, even if we lose to City. If we can beat Watford, we got Man City away, then we got Tottenham. I think that's that's essentially their game in hand. If Tottenham win all three games in hand, they go two points clear of United. If United can manage to beat Tottenham there, I think that should ultimately be the game that decides fourth. The well, issue both. with that is... Our games against Arsenal and Tottenham win them, have to win them. Yeah. Essentially, yes. You beat you beat Tottenham, you beat Arsenal, we should be home. In saying that, United don't have the easiest run home. After the, after the second tie um, at home, we've got Liverpool in the league. I'm sure that's a Monday morning. I don't even need to check that for you. Uh, Man United, then we got Leicester, Everton away, uh, Norwich at home, Arsenal away, Brentford at home, uh, Brighton away, Chelsea at home, and then we finish with Palace. So it, it's not exactly an easy way to end the season for Manchester United. Oh, no, it's not going to be, but I'm sure Arsenal are having the same, same discussion. I'm sure they've got their phones out looking at their fixtures. I'm sure Tottenham are going to be doing the same thing. It's it's one of those things like you the story around top four and the importance of it and the situation with contracts and everything with Ronaldo, I can just see a situation where it's going to come down to the last day. Yeah, I could see that too. All right, Tom, it is time. Three, two, ones. So you have to tell me who gets your man of the match. Performance-wise, I'll be interested to see the comments because I'm sure maybe there's four or five players who aren't going to be involved in the 3 2 ones. But other than that, I can see a whole list of different sort of combinations. So it'll be interesting to get everyone's thoughts. Performance-wise, I do look at Jaden Sancho. Uh, I thought performance-wise, he was brilliant. For what the game was, though, I do look at Bruno Fernandes. It's, for me, it's hard to go past him. I, I thought what he did on and off the ball, ultimately his impact on goals, I thought was brilliant. Um, for me, look, I understand the performance of Jaden Sancho and definitely wouldn't be sort of question anyone putting him for three points. Now, I probably wouldn't put him in points, but um, a shout-out to, um, in my opinion, Scott McTominay. I know football-wise, a lot of people will be saying, nah, he was woeful. 
Again, for me, the battle he won in midfield, I think he took a guy off early with a, a bit of a head clash type thing. I thought he was in in it, in and amongst it. And ultimately, look, the goals win games and Jaden Sancho's performance or Bruno's performance wins us the game. We don't do that without Scott McTominay. I thought he was brilliant. A lot, a lot of people may be questioning when he got on the yellow card, they thought he was going to get sent off. In my opinion, I didn't think he was. I thought everything was in check. I think he had a feel for the referee. I think he knew what the referee was about and the sort of things he was letting go and the things he was picking up. So I thought Scott McTominay was in control the whole time. It wasn't like that situation with Fred against PSG where you knew it was going to be a send-off. I thought McTominay, even the fouls he was committing on a yellow card, I thought he was in control and knew where the referee was, knew where the linesman were. So I thought, I thought Scott McTominay's performance in there, while football-wise you could say it was like a 5 or 6 out of 10, I thought for what the game needed, he was a 10 out of 10. I absolutely loved what I saw from him. In saying that, probably wouldn't give him points, but I think he's in with a shout for maybe a point for me. Thanks for that waffle on. I asked you for your three, two, ones, and then you spent 90% of your speech telling me how you're not giving McTominay points. Brilliant. Um, I agree with you. I think Sancho's men of the match for me. Uh, look to assist, speak for himself, but his work rate off the ball as well. We've got to say we criticize Rashford for not mm. running back. Jaden Sancho absolutely works hard. No disagreement with the three points there. Let me bring it to the comments and then we'll, we'll go through the uh, two points and one point. Uh, but we've got Emad here, Bruno, Lindelof, McTominay. He didn't even have Sancho in there. Outrageous. Uh, we've got Rob, um, Wambasaka, and Pogba shout. Okay, as a shout, sorry, I missed your initial comment. Sancho, Bruno, Lindelof. It's fair, fair shout there. Uh, we've got Ryan, uh, three for Bruno, two for Sancho, one for Maguire. It's a valid shout as well. Sancho, McTominay, and Lindelof. Uh, got George here, three for Bruno, two for Sancho, one for Fred. Tom, Fred was good. He was good when he came on, and he ultimately M- gets the he gets the decisive goal. So does he get any? Does he sneak in? Does Fred get your two points or your one point? Look, maybe maybe he does sneak in for a point. I think okay, let's agree with Jaden Sancho for three points, and look, maybe have another discussion for two. Maybe Fred does sneak that point. It's a match-winning goal. Ultimately, he performed very well when he came on. I'm sure a lot of people were screaming at the TV when Paul Pogba comes off for uh, for Fred. But ultimately, Fred came on and did very well. I have to give him credit for it. And ultimately, not just a match-winning goal, but a very good goal. Um, Nice, clean strike. He sets it up himself with the ball out to Jadon Sancho on the overlapping run. So fair play to Fred. I I wouldn't say he changed the game because I felt we're always comfortable and always likely to go on and win. But ultimately, he came on and did his job. So, points? Oh, it's hard for me not to give Bruno points. I, I loved what I saw from Bruno today. And I understand people be frustrated with his antics and diving around on the floor and throwing his arms up to the referee. I understand that. But for me, I absolutely loved what I saw. That was what Man United is against Leeds. And I thought he epitomised it perfectly. I agree with you. I'm going to say Bruno two points, and I would finish with Fred for one. I got to say, I thought Lindelof was absolutely. There's there's people unlucky not to get it. I thought Lindelof performed well. Um, How about that run from deep? Yeah, ultimately he's got that in his locker. I think he actually performs quite well against Leeds. He's got that against Leeds. I remember he got assist in the first game for I think Bruno's hat trick. I think he scored in the in the big um, six one last year or six two last year. I think he got a goal off a corner. Um, so, so it's one of, the, one of those games that maybe does suit him in terms of on the ball and the way leads do press. But ultimately, the big question then comes, and let's look at a topic for the next episode in regards to what happens with the back four and Ralph Rangnick. Because ultimately, Maguire wasn't bad, but wasn't fantastic. It was just almost your six out of ten, but ultimately scored a goal. 
Um, big goal was sort of a lot of people are questioning should Ronaldo be our captain? Did we? And I'm not getting into the captain's debate, but let's say the people who say Ronaldo should be captain, who I'm one of them. Did we see captain's performance by Ronaldo? If Harry Maguire put that performance in, we'll probably question his sort of suitability for a captain. But ultimately, Harry Maguire stepped up with a goal, so it's hard to drop him. Even though football wise, a lot of us would drop him for the Madrid match. But then it Lindelof played very. It can't be a debate. It has well, to be well, Lindelof or Sure, but it is. A, but it is a debate because Ralph Rangnick has made a debate by coming out, and this is not a criticism of Rangnick, but just the facts of the facts. He's come out publicly and said he's our captain. He's going to be the captain for the remainder of the season. Ultimately, he didn't perform badly, and that's not a re- reason for him to be replaced. But scored a goal. I can see a situation where now, yes, in my opinion, I would be going Lindelof and Varane in Madrid, but I can see a situation where he does start Maguire, and then the debate comes: Well, is Lindelof? unfortunately being put on the bench, which I don't think he deserves. Maybe it's a case of Maguire and, um, sorry, Varane gets left out in Madrid, maybe. No, I think that's outrageous. Can I, I think we need to read in between the lines with Ralph Rennick. Now, this is what I'm predicting. Early spoiler, we haven't done our match preview, obviously. Uh, I think you can have someone be the captain. Doesn't mean he has to start every match. I remember Jose Mourinho in Rooney's final season saying Rooney's the captain. But he was benched for a good chunk of that. And then Antonio Valencia wore the armband because naturally he was the starting. Jose the starting a big, manager, big manager, has managed big personalities. This is something Ralph, very new to Ralph Rangnick in terms of dealing with a Manchester United dressing room. With all due respect, and I, I truthfully do mean mean that statement, Harry Maguire is not a big personality for me. When, when you're no, talking no, about but, managing... Uh, yeah, Bruno, I understand Ronaldo, that. But a big club, but make big decisions at a big club. Jose Mourinho has done that at Chelsea into Real Madrid. Ralph Rangnick hasn't done that. So this is a new situation for him. It's, I know it's easier to go drop Maguire. He's not been playing well. It is, it's difficult for him. It shouldn't be, but it is. Well, all right. Well, then what happens if we play? It's just you look at the way Atletico will play, and they will sit in a low block. They're going to look to hit us on the counter. Do you want to be, be counterattacked with the likes of Luis Suarez, Yao Felix, players who are tricky, players who can dribble, and they will target him. He, he's, he's immobile and he's slow. I'm, so sa- I'm saying play him Lindelof and Varane. I'm saying play Lindelof and Varane. I can just see a situation where he's going to play, and then the debate goes, well, it's one of Lindelof and Varane, and ultimately Lindelof doesn't deserve to be dropped, but we're all also, also saying that Varane's our best centre-back. So that's where I think the debate is, rightly or, or in my opinion, wrongly, but it's just a weird situation. But I don't think it's sort of cut and dry, okay, drop Maguire, because I think that's probably the most unlikely of the situations. Ugh. All right, let's stay positive. Focus on the win. Focus on the win. Uh, got George asking, five at the back. Have to watch our preview to find out, mate. Uh, got Rob. Unfortunately, he'll drop Lindelof uh, for the Champions League. You're probably right there, Rob. I'm just – let me hold on to the hope, mate. Uh, we've got Emad finally, just to give Scotty then and all the pre-Madonnas can have a soccer. Anyway, well, What did you make of the goal celebrations? Now, ultimately, when players score goals, they're going to be happy. And we had the discussion the other day about Teddy Sheeran and Mandy Cole. They didn't like each other, but when there was a goal, they celebrated. So, and obviously, in this environment, players are going to be sort of highly emotional when they do score. But you did, as fans, we read too much into it. And I'm the same. I try not to, but I do. You read into interactions with certain players. You think, okay, how's he sort of interacting with this player? All the personalities which are sort of rumoured to be against each other were embracing each other and sort of they look genuinely happy. Like Ronaldo was with Maguire. Bruno was with Maguire. Pogba was with Ronaldo. And like sort of it looked a spirited sort of togetherness. Now, ultimately, that's one good game in a good result. So ultimately, they're going to be happy. 
but um, it has come out, obviously, the report during the after we did our last podcast about um, sort of Rashford responding to leaks. Harry Maguire then came out and responded to certain reports as well. And it did look at together. Harry Maguire said no to United dressing room. And look, words are cheap. But ultimately, the players sort of walked the walk and they, they did look at together to outfit it today. Yeah, no, th- look, they did. Um, I don't, I, I, look, I personally, I don't read anything into it. I think instinctively, Tom, when you wake up in the morning, you, your, your instincts kick in, you go to the bathroom, you empty your bladder, you brush your teeth. It's your routine. When your team scores a goal, the routine is you go around the goal scorer. I'm not going to read anything into it. I don't think it's it's good or bad or anything like that. I, I think, look, there's clearly unrest in that dressing room. Uh, I think that is crystal clear. But if we keep winning games, inevitably, even if you hate the bloke next year, you'll love him for that 90 minutes. It's as simple as that for me. Uh, but I, I think that pretty much does leave us there. Uh, we, we do have the Atletico game, uh, so do stay tuned for that. We will do a preview. And, George, you can find out if uh, Tom and I are going with a back five or not. Uh, but if you have enjoyed the video, please make sure you do like it. Hope you've enjoyed the three, two, ones as well. Uh, and if you're new here, make sure you do subscribe. Tom, any final thoughts? No, I'm just going to go. If someone can send me a link to any Leeds fans channels, um, please do. Um, I've got some evening, some a couple of spare hours. I'd like to go and enjoy myself, so watch a couple of meltdowns. Because I remember the last time um, they did sort of copper smashing off us. Um, I did spend a couple of hours watching their match reviews and match reactions. Always fun viewing. So please help me out there if you got any links to some Leeds fans channels. Because as I said, look, football's football. If we remember top four. Um, in 10 years' time, that won't be the case. It's not about qualifying for the top four. Football is about moments. Now, this isn't, look, uh, last minute, this isn't John O'Shea in front of the cop or one matter at Anfield. These aren't moments like that. But ultimately, in the short term, it is Fred scoring a winner at, at Ellen Road. Anthony Langer's sort of, we, we didn't even talk about Anthony Langer sort of copping a lighter to the head in the celebration and then ultimately going back and shutting the Leeds fans up. So there are moments in this game which um, sort of will go down in history. Um, not Not history in terms of, the history books, but you will sort of be fondly remembered some big moments today. And ultimately, the way you open the podcast, a Premier League classic. So um, ultimately, a good Monday, besides the trains in the morning. Absolutely. Besides the trains in the morning. Everyone, have a good night. Tom, pleasure as always. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you in a little bit. Cheers. Cheers, mate.